Welcome Falcons to Falcon Live here. I'm Matthew Gonish, podcast host and sophomore here at Kincaid. This is our sixth podcast here, and we have six guests on this issue's podcast. These guests are a part of the biggest club at Kincaid, Investment Club, with over 50 active members today. Uh, I'm Tanner McNamara. I'm a junior, and I'm the secretary of the Investment Club, and I pull lacrosse. Uh, my name's Ali Youssef. I'm the vice president of the Investment Club. I've been a member for a couple years now. Um, I'm going to be a peer mentor next year, and I also play soccer. My name is Matthew Lewis. I'm a sophomore. I'm a crucial member of the Investment Club, and uh, I don't play any sports right now. Uh, I'm Reese Moulton. I'm a sophomore. I play uh, football and baseball, and I'm a member of the Investment Club. Uh, my name is Kemper Hicks. Uh, I'm the anchor of the Investment Club. I play uh, wrestling and lacrosse. Uh, my name is Amruth Nandish. Um, I'm, a, I'm a junior, and I'm a president of the Investment Club, and uh, I'm also on varsity swim. I really encourage y'all to join Investment Club next year. We're gonna have huge prizes for winners in the Market Watch game. We're gonna um, we're gonna have good snacks. It's gonna be a good time. So everyone should come out and join next year. We're we're currently the biggest club at Kincaid for two years running, and we're gonna look to keep that streak going for the next year. Um, being on Zoom this year kind of hurt us as a club, but next year we're gonna be back and better than ever. We're gonna have you know go back to our tradition of having Chick Fil A, Canes, donuts at our meeting. We're gonna start showing clips from some more movies, and then obviously our Market Watch game. You know a lot of people have heard of. We give out big prizes if you're in the top three, so definitely look into it. Now, Reese, before we get started, what is investing and why is it important to invest? Um, so pretty much investing is where you're buying a part of a company, whether that's you know 0.001% of a company or 30% of a company. And this is a set price. It starts off as a set price by the company. They have a set price uh, per share and they have a set number of shares. Um, and it's important to have diversity in like, your assets. And uh, the more assets you have, the better chance you have at, you know, as a lot of people like to say, making your money work for you, which, you know, as a 16 year old, 18 year old, that isn't very important. But as you know, you get older and later in life, it is important to have, you know, stores of money that you don't have to really work for. Now, Matt Lewis, you know, I've known you since first grade, you got me into investing this past August, your experience at investing, you have a pretty interesting and entertaining story to tell. Do you mind talking about that? <laughs> yes. So I lost $3,000. Uh, Cause I bought calls and, um, Matt, what is it called? Uh, I don't really know. That's why I lost my money. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, anybody know what a call is? Yeah, so, so to clarify, a call option is basically when you're counting on either a stock price to go up or down to a certain number. So say Apple is at $60 a share. You're gonna call. You're gonna buy Apple, and you're gonna call it at seventy. So then, when it gets to seventy, you'll automatically sell, right? But if Apple continues to go down and never reaches seventy, you're gonna lose a bunch of money because you haven't sold that stock, and it's just going down and down, further down from the price you bought it at. Yeah. So uh, I basically started with a thousand, bought a couple calls, made that to three thousand, and I put that three thousand all in one call in like Walmart or something like that, uh, and I lost it all in the December of twenty twenty. So. So I recovered uh, $700 of that $3,000 uh, because uh, Matthew Godnich signed up using my Robinhood link <laughs> and I made uh, $400 like for free um, from a free stock on Robinhood and I bought more calls and that went up to like uh, $700 and I kind of sold out. So, Well, I mean now Kemper, in terms of the market today, we're in a strange position with inflation and everything. Can you tell us how unique the time we are in right now is important? 
we are in a unique position with our current economy because we are so reliant on China and like other nations who like aren't really a big fan of us. Like, not gonna lie to y'all. Uh, and so, a lot of these companies traded uh, on the New York Stock Exchange have a lot of reliancy on these Chinese companies and with tariffs uh, and other uh, uh, stuff like that that get hit on China, that affects U.S. companies indirectly. And so it's kind of a lose-lose, per se, uh, for the U.S. economy to mess with China. So that's just one thing, I think, out of the many. Yeah. Well, now, Kemper, what do you think is one solution to getting out of that hole? One solution would be trying to make and manufacture things in America Mm -hmm. uh, and cut our reliance on China. Now, what do you think about the market today? So I think the market overall has made a really good recovery since the recession, you know, that was that officially started back in March 2020 when the pandemic hit. Right. We saw the Dow Jones dip below you know, 20,000 when it was about to be at its record high of all time. We saw companies take a really long time to recover because people weren't going out, they weren't buying, different industries were hit differently. Um, And the only sector we really saw recover and bounce back fast was tech, you know, Fang, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, right? They came back strong in the summer, made a lot of people money. Um, And then, you know, recently we've seen Fang slow down a bit and we've seen other, uh, other sectors catch up, right? So these other sectors catching up, like oil and gas and, uh, you know, hospitals and other private entities catching up is really producing a more overall mar- a strong market that's not too reliant on one sector. And, you know, overall, that's just healthier for the economy because if the economy is too reliant on one sector and that one sector has a bad month or two months, then a lot of people are going to start losing money. So, you know, just moral of the story is diverse portfolio makes for good investing. And we're seeing that in the American economy today. Now, Tanner, you told me you had a pretty unique investing strategy. Do you mind telling us what that strategy was? Of course, of course. So when I first started investing, I didn't really know any of the companies or what they're worth or what type of growth they were looking for. So I started by typing in random letters and investing the first thing that popped up. So that got me into some emerging markets in Europe. It got me into Texas Roadhouse. It got me into random stuff like calculators and I found it was pretty, it worked well because while they're just random companies or different ETFs or whatever is investing in, it was very diverse because I was just typing in random stuff. So my portfolio ended up pretty, getting pretty decent. So overall, it worked well. Now, um, Owe, what type of stocks do you like to invest in? So, I mean, like I said, I've been trying to preach um, portfolio diversity. And so I was really tech heavy when the boom happened, but recently I've been investing in, you know, some restaurants as they're on the up and up. I've been uh, investing in some ETFs. Um, You know, I tried to stay out of the GameStop stuff that happened with the Reddit investors. Um, You know, I just really wasn't sure about that. It was too volatile. I didn't want to take a risk for that. Um, You know, but overall, just bonds are a really secure way of investing for real life and market watch have been taking a bit more risks. But in real life, I'm investing in some good bonds that are comprised of a lot of diverse stocks. And uh, what are your thoughts on crypto? 
Um, you know, I don't really know that much about crypto, but I think that crypto is sustainable. I think that it is the future. Obviously, not every cryptocurrency is going to be successful, like Dogecoin, but there are cryptocurrencies that are already established, like Bitcoin, who have, you know, big celebrities backing them and supporting them, like Elon Musk. And, you know, I think as we continue to move away from paper currency, um, cryptocurrency is, is going to be a big part of the future. So I know that a lot of y'all have seen on social media like these crazy stocks or these crazy cryptocurrencies like Doge. And uh, one thing I would recommend for all of y'all listening is don't touch those. You know, um, these cryptocurrencies, you know, we don't really know how they get their value. I mean, it's purely based on hype at best. Like, you know, I mean, I don't think any one person can tell you a good reason why Dogecoin is acting the way it does and no one can know how long it can sustain for so I would recommend touching not touching Doge or any of those um, you know cryptocurrencies you don't really know about and that kind of leads to a broader ideology of you know investing in things that you only that you understand you know you should if you see a company that you want to put your money in you should understand you know what that company does Uh, don't put you know, don't waste your money. Um, you're better off just betting that at that point. Um, yeah, and like to build off of that too, it's, you know, personally, I invest in things like energy, insurance, technology, travel, um, things that I feel confident in, things that I have knowledge in. Um, and I think that, you know, if you're going to go out and put $500 in Dogecoin because you saw some guy on Reddit say it's an easy way to make yourself rich, you either shouldn't be investing or you should seriously reconsider why you're investing because the most important thing to do when you start investing is have like a conversation with yourself about what your goals are, what your time frame is, you know, how much money do you want to make? Why do you want to make this money? And if, you know, your answers to these questions are, Oh, I want to have $2,000 for a new iPad in a month. You should probably just sports bet because it's a better chance. <laughs> yeah. My only problem with that is that, Cryptocurrencies are starting to get a lot of hype. I don't know if y'all saw, but in the news the other day, Elon Musk named himself uh, Doge Father. So <laughs> I, I think it was Doge Father. So I, he's kind of going into cryptocurrency. He's investing in Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Well, Actually, he have a billion dollars in Bitcoin. Actually, didn't he sell out of? And they and they sold ten percent the other day. For like well, so, hold on. so I I read a report the other day. It said that. Tesla, most of Tesla's profits from the past year weren't from, they made more from Bitcoin than they did from selling cars, right? By like so a wide margin. It was, it was not even close. So when you see big companies like these moving towards cryptocurrency, I think like y'all are saying, still definitely be wary of the smaller, non-reputable ones. But big ones like Bitcoin, I think you can slowly start to move into as a long-term secure way of holding your health, right? You know, like Reese said, it's not a day trading um, mechanism. You know, it's not a quick buck. It's really for the long run. Just clarify, Dogecoin and Bitcoin are not even on the same level. No. So don't think that Dogecoin is something you can hold for a long time and you can make money off of. Bitcoin is like something that has been, you know, uh, a lot of research has gone into it and people have made like real amounts of money over a long period of time. Well, who's not to say that Dogecoin will go up like that? That's what they were saying about Bitcoin when it was real little because it's like as you said, all about the hype. And if Elon Musk is calling himself Doge Daddy, 
and then, <laughs> and then uh, he then said, if there's ever like a conspiracy about me, call it uh, Elon Gate. And then that day, there's a cryptocurrency uh, called Elon Gate. And uh, I think Elon Gate would be the only cryptocurrency I'd touch in case he ever does get in trouble, <laughs> then it, the price would rise. Yeah, but I mean... In the next Super Bowl, you're better off just saying, oh, they're going to flip a heads because what are the chances Elon Musk gets in a massive predicament and well, then his elongate cryptocurrency skyrockets 150%? <laughs> I see that not I mean, But it, It's so cheap. It would, you I, mean, I mean, plus 150% jump on that value would not even yield you. Yeah. It, nothing. It would be nothing. Microscopic amounts of money. Yeah. But, and the other thing, too, is it's like, you know, if you're going to try to compare Dogecoin to something like Ethereum, something like Bitcoin, uh, it's just basic economics. I mean, if you look at Dogecoin, there are billions, if not trillions, of circulating Dogecoin, and these meme coins all work the same way, where it's it works kind of like a pump and dump, where they're just saying, let's just buy up a ton of it, make it super value, valuable, and then sell all of it. And the reason they have to tell you to do that is because of how much there is. But with you know Bitcoin and Ethereum and stuff like that, there is a set amount, and yeah, more people are mining these things, but not at the rate of you know, the, the rate that people are mining Dogecoin. Yeah. It is one strategy to get out of this economic crisis we're in right now. Um, you know, I hate to be the guy who's always just like, oh, buy gold, it's going to help you get out and whatever. But, you know, right now, if you go and try to buy a bar of silver, it's next to impossible. And there's a reason for that. It's not because it's super scarce and it's not because, you know, the government's hoarding all the silver. It's because people believe in these things and people believe that this is a actual legitimate store of value and it's something that they can, you know, put their money in, forget about it, and not have to worry about, you know, them losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Think of gold and silver as like a set price, a definitive price, but the dollar around it is the one fluctuating, really. Because uh, they're always necessarily going to be valuable unless they're... Uh, flooded into inflation, which I don't see happening. But uh, just recently, I think 10 ounces of uh, silver was going for uh, 260 bucks. Crazy. It, crazy amounts. People people go out and they try to, you know, they try to buy these bars of silver so they can physically keep them. And then as, you know, time progresses, it's worth more. And you, like, when I say you literally cannot find a guy to buy silver from right now, it is actually impossible. You cannot go out anywhere in the country and buy a bar of silver, it, or even, like, 10 grams or 5 grams or an ounce or whatever. It's not possible right now. The only way you can get silver is in jewelry, and the reason is because people believe that silver is the next massive store of value. And when, you know, after we just printed so much money because of the pandemic and the dollar, you know, becomes less value, right. valuable – Silver is going to be silver and gold are going to be the only things that you know, hold their value. I mean, part part of that is the you know like you said the dependability because you know you can't inflate the value of gold and silver just because there's a finite amount in the world, right? right. A lot of gold has been mined in silver, and those reserves are starting to get tapped. You know, and those are forms of wealth that have been around now for hundreds of years. Right, you go back to you know something that a common Kincaid student would be studying and. AP US history or, or world history or something is that, you know, all these colonizing nations looked for gold because they believed that there was a set amount of wealth in the world, you know, and while that may not be true, there is a set amount of gold, gold and silver, right? So 
once you have your fraction of the pie, that pie can't get any bigger, right? Whereas with cash, you can have a certain fraction, but that pie can get bigger depending on how much is printed. Well, actually, uh, we, what we learned in world history is that a couple of the European countries that colonized, they had insane inflation, completely crashed and died. Like Spain, they had such bad silver and gold inflation that their entire empire just blew up. So why, why is it different now? Well, that's because they didn't have that much silver in their economy. And the big inflation of silver into their economy made it worthless to them because they had a certain value of silver at that time. Well, I mean, again, it's about the concentration, right? right so if, yeah. you've got, if you've got more, it's, it, it goes back to, you know, value and, and demand, right? So if you've got more supply and demand, if you've got more gold and silver than there's demand for, it's obviously not going to be as valuable. But in the world today, there's more demand for gold and silver than there actually is gold and silver. Hence why when, it, uh, when there's like an economic crisis, say like back in when COVID first hit in March, uh, prices of precious metals like increased exponentially. And you can see that in every economic crisis, um, at least in modern day, uh, precious metals always, the price always goes up. I've noticed a lot of European banks, especially Germany, buying uh, gold like in a larger amounts than they usually do uh, during COVID. Yeah. Go back to like you know the historical uh, you know influences of gold and silver. Um, Tanner mentioned, sorry, Tanner mentioned uh, Spain and their silver shortages, and you know how they started their silver price went crazy and they pretty much collapsed in on themselves. And that's mainly because they had millions of people mining silver in the Americas before anyone else did. They had a constant influx of silver and, you know, they used that silver as physical currency. They didn't have dollars, didn't have banknotes. They were using that silver to buy things and transport things around the world. And it's the same thing today as if the U S government printed X amount of money, and suddenly the dollar bill you're holding becomes a lot less valuable because there was just a billion more printed. So another example um, of this inflation would be when Mansa Musa, he went around touring all of Africa. Who was he? Uh, he, he was yeah. making his pilgrimage. He was making his pilgrimage. He was going from Africa to the Middle East. From the Mali from, Empire. Yeah. He's the rich, no, no, most rich man known to mankind ever. Yeah. Ever. yeah. So they, he had a he had a lot of gold, and he had so much gold he was giving it away to everyone like as a gift, and he put so much gold back into like the markets that there was an there was an over or there was too much gold in the markets, which caused inflation of gold and the price of gold dropped incredibly, which caused like an economic crisis all across the all across the world yeah. really yeah north africa mainly but yeah i mean i mean the price of gold everywhere and across the world and you, at that time gold was the currency yeah so that's an that's another example of like having too much of a currency in circulation can cause like a lots of inflation Kimber, you have a pretty interesting theory about how, you know, aliens relate to the market uh, internationally and in America. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes, I can. So in the past, governments and the news have been saying 
no, uh, aliens are not real. Uh, they're not real. Don't believe whatever they say, uh, people say. Now, the news that told you that the aliens weren't real are showing videos of UFOs and the Israeli Minister of Defense, the ex-Minister uh, of Defense of Israel, uh, came out not too long ago saying, yes, there are aliens, and the creation of Space Force uh, is very intriguing. But one thing I'd like to add is, what if these aliens that they speak of are peaceful, but in order to create a panic in on Earth, these companies or the, these countries will fake an alien invasion. Is what I'm thinking. They're gonna. They're slowly. They're slowly exposing us to videos of UFOs, and then maybe soon they're gonna show us an alien. Maybe not, but maybe more videos, and uh, of UFOs and. Uh, who knows? The, have y'all seen the video of uh, the UFO over the uh, aircraft yeah. carrier? Yeah. yeah. Why would they show these videos, though? Like, what, what would be the purpose of... Especially from an economic standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> What's what the effect of the market? Yeah. 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 No, it would crash the market. Why would they want that to crash? What do you think the relationship is, Skipper? What do I think the relationship is? Mm-hmm. Between the market and aliens. Uh, right. In order to crash the world economy, they're going to fake an alien invasion. Why would they do that? Why would they want to go? Are we doing like a new world? Yes, I think it's a new world order thing. I think they want to restart. They want to conquer the world. Who's they though? Who's they? Yeah. Don't even get me started. (laughs) (laughs) Next podcast. Yeah, that's that's for a whole other podcast. (laughs) Kemper's thoughts on the new world Well, personally, I'm new to investing. Um, I joined the investment club in August with no idea how to invest in the market. It has earned me a lot of personal money and it's taught me so much about economics and investing. Reese. Uh, I think that if you want to get into investing, that's a great thing and you should definitely look into it. But I think that you also need to do your own research. You know, listening to five or six guys talk about investing club and joining investing club. While it is beneficial to you because any information is good information when it comes to the stock market, unless you're getting it off of Reddit, um, you should definitely go out there and do your own research. And you know, if you're starting with $1,000, $500, $5,000, whatever it is, you definitely need to look into different types of investing. So um, the thing I recommend for beginners is value investing, which is something that Warren Buffett made. That's what he made all of his money on. That's what he still pushes for today. Um, and the idea behind that is pretty much when you see a successful company have a decline, let's say a car company releases a car that, you know, maybe it's not a hit, maybe people don't like it, uh, and their stock price goes down. You need to take advantage of that dip, buy it, and you need to hold that stock for an extended amount of time so you can make, you know, your money back. And this has proven to be very, very successful and it is one of the safer, if not safest, ways to invest your money, especially as a beginner. Um, and you know, as you grow as an investor and grow as a trader, you can start, you know, trading options, looking at ETFs. You can start advancing or moving your portfolio towards, you know, new types of trading, buying into, you know, different types of cryptos and stuff. But I think that if you're going to start trading right now and start with however much money you have, you need to do your own research and you need to read into value investing.
Alright, once again, guys, if you found any of the stuff that we talked about interesting um, today, uh, definitely join the investment club where we're going down to basics and talking about current events. Uh, we'll be talking about market trends. We'll be talking about things to look for in the future. Um, definitely, though, I agree that you will have to do your own research if you want to get into investing, but it's a good place to start. So definitely uh, when Miss Baker puts out the club request, definitely put down investment club as your B-Day option. Well, you know, thank you all for informing the public about investing in your entertaining investment stories. I think we're all looking forward to the future of the American economy and the future of the investment club here at Kincaid. Thank you for all y'all's time. To our listeners, thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next podcast. See you all soon.